Well, I guess it uh, really works out, too, because this is your missions month. So uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I guess I'll, the whole month of November, this first Sunday in November, and uh, I get to be your first missionary, sort of unscheduled. <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord for that. Uh, I just want to say just a few things also about our ministry before we get right into the message. So um, I am uh, was born and raised here in America. I was born in San Francisco, so please don't hold that against me. <laughs> we just spent some time in Seattle a few days, and uh, boy, they're more strict than San Francisco. Pretty crazy. But uh, my wife was born and raised in the Philippines, and um, I, you know I think of that verse that I mentioned in the video, with God all things are possible, because typically a missionary go to Bible college, uh, most likely find his wife in Bible college, and then have some have a family, then go to the mission field. But uh, I kind of did things backwards. I graduated Bible college, couldn't find a wife. So uh, I had to go all the way to the Philippines to find my wife, amen. But went there single, uh, went there on minimal support. The Lord blessed me uh, through my home church in Kentucky. And uh, praise the Lord, I made it there. And three, about, well, let's see, is it three years? It's three years ago this coming March, we've been married. Um, of course, our little boy is two years old, so our, our family has doubled in size in three years. My family has, so that's why we are now doing deputation here in America. Um, so so born, being born in San Francisco, and then my dad is from Kentucky, so I'm half Filipino. My mom's Filipino, and my dad is from Kentucky, so uh, you put all of that together. I was raised in Kentucky. Makes me a city slicker, redneck Filipino. <laughs> So uh, a lot of different cultures here. Actually, some of the places here in Washington, it's hard to say. Before, I thought it was uh, uh, Spokane, or Spokane. I caught it Spokane, I guess my Kentucky accent, but I found out it's actually Spokane, right? Spokane, yeah. So, so and then also, we, we, you mentioned lupia. Um, too bad we, we didn't have the schedule, because my wife made some lupia for my brother-in-law. He's pastoring in Southern California. We were there recently, and uh, he said one of the requirements to stay in his house, we had to make him lupia. <laughs> but uh, um, the Lord has been good to us. Uh, uh, continue to pray for us on our deputation. Um, I do want to mention real quick about our tent revival. On the back of our card, we have a picture of it. This was last year in 2020, uh, March 8, 9, and 10. We had over, you saw the pictures there, over 1,000 people for the two nights, and then the third night, over 2,000 people came. And so it's amazing to see, you know, we, we, the only promotion was uh, here, come here, these American pastors all the way from America and hear them preach the gospel. So they preached the gospel, they gave the invitation, and so many people raised their hands for salvation. Ask them the question, do you know if you're saved? Do you know if you go to heaven, if you die? And many people did not know that. They raised their hand. We even asked them if you're sincere to please stand up, and most, if not all, the people stood up, and then we even said, come forward to the altar if you want to be saved, and so many people came forward, we had to move all the chairs out of the way, and then to hear them in unison, to ask Jesus to save them. It's a very uh, uh, a powerful moment, really a kind of spine-tingling moment, just amazing to see that happen, and uh, we've done it for several years now, and every year, we've always seen tears cried at the altar. The most amazing thing about this, though, of course, 2020, you know what happened in 2020. COVID happened. March 11, one day after our tent revival, the World Health Organization declared a worldwide pandemic. So if you look closely at our picture, there are zero face masks. <laughs> there is definitely no six feet of social distancing uh, under this tent. As a matter of fact, 
you know, we, I believe we had um, at least 1,500 chairs, so, so people were standing up. There was no room at all, um, even people sitting outside of this tent. So that is just the power of God, amen, the grace of God that these people got saved in spite of COVID, amen. And still, I believe people can get saved today in spite of COVID. But right before we were supposed to come back to America, two days before, we got stuck in the Philippines, the whole Philippines shut down, the seaports, the airports shut down, and so that was kind of also unscheduled. We had to stay there for an extra four or five months. But do pray for our church right now. We are preparing for our church building. Um, the blueprints is at the subdivision office, so I ask uh, you can be in prayer for that. So let's go ahead and take our Bibles to Mark chapter 12, and uh, we'll get right into the message here. Mark chapter 12, and uh, let's go ahead and, if you can, we can stand up for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 12, stretch your legs and kind of stretch your stomach there. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's uh, kind of a little bit unfair too, because I had just, I just had lunch too. <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord, we have our service, and hopefully uh, you can have a blessing of t- uh, this afternoon's service. So verse 41 The Bible says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And let's pray for the message. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for, uh, I'm sure you have blessed the morning service here and definitely the uh, international dinner. And Lord, thank you for our time we spent with Pastor Randolph this morning. And Lord, we just ask that you would uh, bless our time here. And we know it's not wasted time. And we know that this is precious time to be in your house. And Lord, bless this message. Help me to deliver it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, you can be seated. So by way of illustration, one Sunday morning, a man will call John. Do we have any Johns here this morning? Oh, we got one John there. I got a brother named John. But John put $300 in the offering plate as it passed his way. And he said softly, I'll see you in heaven. Those around him said, oh, John, he is getting senile. He thinks he, he will see his money in heaven. He may meet his maker in heaven, but he definitely won't see his money in heaven. So the church treasurer took some of that $300 and uh, paid the church's electric bill. And praise the Lord, we have electricity here, amen? Uh, praise the Lord, we have a clock on the back, so I won't keep you too long. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to take my phone out make sure I can see it up here too. Some of it went to the preacher to buy gasoline. Some of that 300 went to Bible college students and some to the mission field. Early one morning, John died in his sleep. On that first Lord's Day in glory, he walked down the golden streets and a young fellow came up to him and said, Thank you, Brother John. I was cold and lonely on a dark night. I saw the lights of the church just to get out of the cold and the dark I went in. And while there at the church, the darkness left my soul, and I found Jesus. Another came to him, saying, The preacher came to the gas station, 
And as I filled his gas tank, he told me about Jesus, and I gave my heart to the Lord. He next met those of strange and different languages who said, Thank you, brother, for sending us the gospel across the seas. Next, he met a throng of people who said, I want to thank you for those Bible college students you helped. They preached the gospel to my family, and we found the Lord. Finally, old John, he came to Hallelujah Square, and turning to an angel, he said, I feel sorry for you angels, for you will never know what it is to be saved by the blood of Jesus, my Lord. John mused for a moment and then added, you do, and you do not know what it is to transform the possessions of earth into the treasures of heaven. Sir, replied the angel, all we can do is just watch and witness it from the streets of glory. Matthew 6, uh, 19 through 21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven, or lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, amen, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, this man in our, our little story, he understood this biblical principle and mandate. He was laying up treasures in heaven. And part of those treasures were the souls that were saved and the people that he helped turn to righteousness. So you see, the money that we give, uh, whether through tithes or offerings or missions giving or church building fund, that impact that it makes can never be taken away, stolen, or corrupted. Amen. As we look here at our text, uh, we see this widow woman, and, and can you imagine <clears throat> the story? Jesus standing or sitting against the treasury, watching the people as they give their tithes, their offerings to the Lord. And none of the rich people he ever makes mention of them, but notice in verse number two, or 42, it says, There came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Verse 43, And he called unto him, his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. So instead of making mention of those who cast in much, it's interesting here, Jesus, he calls over his disciples, he says, come here, look at this. There's a poor widow, and she's throwing in her two mites. As we look here at our text, let us be inspired <clears throat> excuse me, by what this widow woman did. First of all, let us be inspired by what she gave. We see here she gave two mites, which is very, very little. Truthfully, in all actuality, she gave very little. Such a small amount, only two mites. Two mites can only buy three grapes. Could you imagine that? Just three little grapes. Two mites could not even buy a sparrow. A sparrow during the Bible times cost a little over three mites. A mite was the very smallest bronze of a copper coin. So how in the world, why would Jesus make mention of this? Why would he call over his disciples and tell them, wow, look at this widow woman and what she gave? Because the application is, it's not about how much she gave, but how she gave it. The Bible says that she cast in all that she had even all her living. So for her to give those two mites, even though it was so little, 
But to her, it was so much. It was truly a sacrifice for her to give those two mites. Now notice again, verse 43, what Jesus says. He says, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than, notice that word, all, than all they which have cast into the treasury. Isn't that interesting? We look back at verse 41. It says, many that were rich cast in much. So how can you explain that two little mites, we could even say two little cents, is worth more than all of these people who are rich that cast in much. Well, the answer is given in verse 44. For all they did, the rich, they, cast, they did cast in of their abundance, but she ever wanted to cast in all that she had, even all her living. Those two mites were worth more because that was all that she had. It is because, as Jesus observed earlier, that many that were rich cast in much because they had abundance of money. Because the, the, what they cast in, it didn't truly become a sacrifice for them. Maybe they cast in because they could afford it. So can you see here the contrast between this widow woman's two mites and the rich who cast in much? What a sacrifice it was. You know, she could, I mentioned earlier, she could have just bought that at least uh, uh, three grapes, but she didn't. She decided to give it to the Lord. And you know, I wonder, what a great sacrifice. I mentioned the first point is be inspired by what she gave. I wonder how many messages have been preached because of this widow woman and her two mites of sacrifice. Pretty, pretty amazing story. Secondly, let's be inspired by how she lived. Very plain and simple. The Bible says she was a widow, a poor widow. So that means basically her husband had died. And, you know, usually the husband is the one that uh, takes care of the family, right? You say the breadwinner, the one that, that brings home the money and takes care of the family. So she's alone. She has no husband. She is a widow. You think about this. The Bible says that when a man and a woman marry, they become one flesh. And now she, she being a widow, losing her husband, we could almost say it's like she's lost part of her body. She, she's lost a leg or an arm, and she is by herself. It's interesting. God in the Bible gave clear commandments and uh, uh, guidelines on how we should treat widows. Widows are to be given special care and attention. And just the second time in the Bible, widow is mentioned, it says that ye shall not afflict any widow. I want us to look a little bit further. Go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5. And what else does the Bible say about widows? 1 Timothy chapter 5. Turn your Bibles there. First Timothy 5 and verse 5, the Bible says, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. You know, those, uh, uh, those of the older people and of widows, I covet their prayers because, you know, they may not be able to do much, but they have the ministry of prayer. And I do know back home in Kentucky, there are several widows that do pray for me and uh, that's, that might be why the Lord has been blessing me, helping us as we uh, are on deputation. But notice, now see that as a widow indeed and desolate, a widow trusts in the Lord, trusts in God. They continue in supplications and prayers night and day. 
So we see here the, the situation of this woman, this widow woman. She should have really, you know, think about it. In all practicality, she could have kept that money and at least bought some, tried to buy some food for herself. But she decided to give it to the Lord. It reminds me of another widow woman. If you go to the Old Testament in 1 Kings. 1 Kings, we hear of a widow woman. And uh, let's see if you can find a correlation between these two stories. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, unto Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a what? A widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 10, So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. So we find here another widow woman, pretty desperate, a dire situation. Uh, this is a time when there's a famine in the land, uh, in the land there, and she, she is going to gather sticks together to make one last meal for herself and for her son. And she tells the man of God, we are going to eat this meal, and then we will die. Wow. Could you imagine eating your international dinner and then say, I'm going to die? Maybe some of you already died. <laughs> but uh, what a desperate situation. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I would want to be Elijah here, going to a widow woman that's gathering uh, uh, sticks to make her last meal and asking her, give me some water and give me uh, a cake to eat. But notice, what does God say? He says, behold, verse 9, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And by the looks of it, by, by reading these verses, I don't think this widow woman realizes that God commanded her to give to Elijah. Because she said, we're going to eat this meal, we're going to die. Verse 13, Elijah said unto her, fear not, amen, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first bring it, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Notice what she does in verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Amen. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. What amazing, another amazing story. This widow woman, uh, I think she's trying to get a little sympathy before she makes this cake for, for Elijah. Notice the Bible says she's gathering sticks. But then when she talks to Elijah, she says, I'm only gathering how many sticks? Only two sticks. And then how many mites did the widow woman have in Mark? Two. I wonder, you know, if there's a correlation. Two mites, two sticks. I wonder if we get our saying, uh, this is my two cents worth of opinion, right? 
Interesting. Jesus even makes mention of this widow woman uh, in Luke chapter 4. Turn there real quick so you can see it. In Jesus' own words, Luke chapter 4, verse 25, Jesus says, But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. So meaning to say that three and a half years that God took care of this widow woman. I, I, I picture it this way. Uh, this is what my pastor had preached, and probably I would say this is how it happened. That handful of meal, of barrel that this widow woman described, that's probably what she had each day. That little oil in a cruise every day, probably just enough for that day. And what a picture it is that we must live by faith, amen? This widow woman had to live by faith, had to live by the, literally, by the words of the man of God, by the word of the Lord that he would provide for her. If first she sacrificed and gave to Elijah, in essence, giving to the Lord. And we see that the Lord blessed her, not just her, but her son and her whole house, amen? You know, I wonder by testimony if how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you raise your hand, how many of you have been blessed by giving to your church, by giving to missions? You know, as a missionary, uh, sometimes we, we really try to be sensitive to the Spirit, and, and uh, we, we, sometimes we give money to those who need it. We give money to the church, or we give money to, uh, to whatever. Uh, I'll have to tell this story real quick. We were at, a, at the Spiritual Leadership Conference in Lancaster, and I saw a friend of mine from Bible College, and he just started a church up in the Bay Area. And uh, for some reason, I had saved my seat, put my Bible there, and put my prayer card there. And uh, when I came back to my seat, there was a $50 bill there. And the person sitting uh, just a few seats over said that somebody had dropped this. But then I got to thinking, I bet someone put it there because our prayer card was there maybe. But then the Lord spoke to me and uh, said that I should give that money to my friend who just started his church. So I gave that money to him. Later that night, we went to the bookstore. We were getting some books, $100 worth of books. And Pastor Paul Chapel was there. I got to shake his hand, meet him. I told him we're missionaries. And immediately he said, oh, talk to the lady, the cashier. Uh, they're missionaries, so their books should be free. $100 worth of books, twice as much as the $50 bill we gave to a friend. I wonder how many stories do you have that the Lord has blessed you. The Lord blessed this widow woman, and I'm sure he blessed the widow woman with those two mites. It's interesting here. Very, very, it just goes to show you that sometimes in our life, we, we don't even know the names of these two widows. But sometimes in our life, we shouldn't seek the recognition or the honor. Amen? It's a simple truth displayed by these two simple people that, that the widow woman didn't have much to give, but by her giving, she gave much. And she is called a widow because she was by herself. Be inspired by what she gave and be inspired by how she lived. And quickly, I'll give just two statements on missions giving. Number one, let's not give out of our abundance like the rich. They cast in much because of their abundance, but give out of our heart. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. You give a little, you only get a little back. But you give much, and you'll get much back. Amen. And as you give, give on purpose. Make a plan. As Pastor mentioned, uh, I think he mentioned that you have the uh, commitment cards for missions giving. You know, it's interesting. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Think about this. What if God blesses our giving according to our level of happiness when we do give? I saw a video of a man in a church, and he's dancing on his way to the front to give his offering. And uh, I don't think we'll we'll probably ever do that here or in any Baptist church. But just imagine if we have that same attitude to be happy, to, to, to help missionaries around the world, to be happy, to help our church, amen. I think that's the right attitude that we need to have. Uh, secondly, I'll say, let's not give out of our dependence upon our salary or income, but give out of our dependence upon God. Let's give sacrificially. Let's give out of faith. That's why most churches, they call it faith, promise, missions giving, amen. Sometimes I'll tell our church of the Philippines that give to where it kind of hurts your wallet, you know. It's a sacrifice to give. And as we conclude here, I'll finish with two stories. So everything's in twos. The two mites, the two sticks, two points, uh, two missions giving statements, and two stories. First story is this, that uh, in December 2017, we made a down payment for a piece of property in the Philippines for our church, but we had to be committed that we would be paying $550 each month for 10 years. So one month, we were looking over the bottles that we had saved each month. We give these about this size, little bottles, and the church members would save their money and then at the end of the month give it so that we could pay for our uh, monthly payment. One month, we were surprised a 11-year-old girl named Danica Lachica had filled her bottle full of coins. 11 years old, and we had to ask her, how in the world did you fill up your bottle full of coins? She said that every day her mother would give her 20 pesos, which is basically 38 cents, 38 U.S. cents, would give her, her mother would give her 20 pesos every day for her school lunch. And many times she would save that money for her offering And basically, you know, not only did she sacrifice giving her school lunch money, but I think she basically, she fasted. I don't know if anybody helped her out or gave her her some of their food, but that was her sacrifice that she gave. And by the way, she was blessed a few months ago. Well, you know, this was uh, two or three years ago, but she was blessed that during a Valentine's Day banquet, there was a raffle for a iPhone. And you know who won it? This girl who gave her jar of coins to the Lord. Amen. And the last story here, I got a, another jar of coins from a uh, church member back home in Kentucky. It was a full of dimes, and she wrote me this letter. Brother Ian and Zarina, after reading your missions letter, the Lord impressed upon my heart to give this jar of dimes to you. Since my health has declined, I haven't worked since September 2018, my husband's income is sufficient to meet our needs. This jar, of, this jar of coins is the last money that is truly mine. I called it my rainy day fun Christmas money. Through the years, I've known uh, the Lord has been more than faithful to me. I've been blessed beyond measure. 
As 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Please take these coins and use it toward your building fund or however it is, or however it is needed. Love and prayers, Sharon Morris. Uh, during that time also, she was suffering from Lyme's disease. So she had to walk with a cane. Uh, she was one of the uh, uh, special singers at church. She would still sing, but she had to sing sitting down. And wouldn't you know it that today, she's completely cured of Lyme's disease. She doesn't have to walk with a cane anymore. She can stand up now singing, and she still sings today. I preached this message in uh, February earlier this year, and I went to the pastor's house for lunch, and there was a pastor's son there. And the pastor told me that now when you preach, you can say that a big old teenager boy, he also gave this jar of coins to the Lord. And we use that for uh, youth camp, sending some teenagers to youth camp and also to help feed some children in our neighborhood. So if anything, you start off your missions must think of this 11-year-old girl giving to the Lord, this uh, elderly woman, and then a teenager boy. Anyone can give to the Lord, amen? We read in the Bible, the widow woman, they gave to the Lord. And so think about this month for missionaries, especially uh, uh, during this time of, of COVID and, and all the restrictions as they travel from church to church and even uh, in their own country. Pray for them and remember that whatever you give to the Lord, the Lord will bless you. And where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this example we see here of these two widow women, the, the widow woman with two mites, the widow woman with two little sticks, and Lord, these three stories I've given here. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us, and Lord, help us to be thankful back to you, to give to you, and to honor you, to allow you to speak through us as, as we have our missions month here, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll give it to the pastor.